Hi, everybody. Um, so many of you might have seen charts like this over the last year. Lots of things are going up. Some things are coming down. And you'll see the word bigger being used quite a lot. Charts like this have illustrated how hard it's been to keep up with progress in AI. But at the same time, at least in my case, it's quite hard not to keep up with. Every news outlet, every discourse, and every industry, and even every conversation among friends has had to make way for the AI discussion. The cycle of hype and existential dread has been quite relentlessly shoved in our faces. And as far as the last year would have you believe, current developments in AI will forever separate the past from the future. With so much exposure to this perceived temporal boundary, there's a few things about AI that make me wonder if our intuition around such boundaries might be, be about to change. At the lower level, we have AI tools that are drastically compressing the amount of time it takes to perform tasks, from writing our code for us to designing for us and making all sorts of decisions. Notably among these recent innovations is DeepMind's AlphaFold, which you'll see on the right, doing in a matter of months what scientists have been working on for decades, uncovering the mystery of protein folding. Algorithms like this are finding use cases in increasing parts of our lives, folding time as they go. We also have algorithms reaching into history and pasting it onto our futures at a scale never before seen, from the services that generate images for us to the predictive algorithms used in mass surveillance technology. AI is throwing into question the notion that the past should stay in the past. And happening at the meta level around all of this is the accelerated deployment of such services and algorithms due to market forces. Before they may be considered effective or even safe, a twisted homage to the time is money mantra. It seems like the big tech industry is in a rush to bring about the singularity, a discrete but abstract point in time where a superintelligence is formed, as Monica mentioned yesterday. This could be just around the corner, potentially, a temporal metaphor. And I'm really happy to be back in this room even to talk about this temporal metaphor, because I was here last year watching Maya Indira Ganesh's talk when I heard the term for the first time. In her talk, she referenced AI um, as a temporal metaphor in the sense that it could be used as a tool to catch up with an unevenly distributed future. Clearly, over the last year, one of the things I've been thinking about is how broadly this metaphor can be applied, if it's something that an AI could even understand, and whether or not it can, how that impacts our own relationship with time. And before we get too deep into what time could look like for machines, I thought we'd do a quick recap of what it's like for us. It's easy for the time of the clock to be the first thing that jumps to mind, the sacred line with evenly distributed points along it, full of units that we've largely invented. But that's a fairly recent paradigm for humans to live by. As anthropologist David Graeber writes in his book, Bullshit Jobs, it was largely spread during the Industrial Revolution due to a need to orchestrate labor with high precision. In effect, turning us into machines. This also coincided with a, a mass capitalization of time. We started referring to it as something that could be spent instead of something that passes by. But the reality is that our sense of time is much more intuitive and can be prone to change. We have an innate sense of the passage of time. In psychology circles, this is referred to as chronoception. Notably, it's a pretty fallible sense, uh, and it's not always uniformly experienced. You'll see in this diagram that uh, memories are referenced as anchor points through which we make temporal judgments. 
throughout this talk, I'll be referring to memory as a proxy for time sense, and this is why. Um, I hope you'll also enjoy the collection of slightly confusing academic diagrams I brought with me. I've had a lot of fun putting them together. I really like this one, where the x-axis is a bunch of shoes <laughs> and a baseball. So we're subject to a, a broad range of temporal illusions, where the recency of our memories or the perceived duration of events can depend on factors like our mood. At the top here, the diagram depicts uh, an illusion known as telescoping, where memories will be sliding forwards and backwards along our perceived uh, timeline. Really importantly, though, our perception of time is also highly socialized. The constellation of people around us um, impacts it heavily and our interactions with them. At a large scale, the rise of social media, where the default view of the world is an anachronistic series of events, has been linked to inconsistently held boundaries between the past and the present. This is a concept known as time collapse. More intimately, some of you may have heard about couples who age together. They start to depend on one another for their memories. Subconsciously, they build strategies not, to not just to maintain the integrity of their own personal history, but also of one another's. So we have a very fallible sense of time, but I don't think that's news to anybody. It's something that we actually have like a self-awareness of, in fact. And it's also been a point of industrial and academic intrigue for a while now. Many of you will recognize this. It's a futures cone, as described, um, or as I first heard about in the book Speculative Everything by Dunn and Raby. It's um, a cone of possible futures that exist in subjectively decided zones. Visualizing the shape of time is something that is traversable, helps us chart a path to a preferable future. Um, my co-speaker this morning, Carl, has even spoken about this topic in the past. In his paper on temporal telepresence, he responds to the concept of time collapse that I mentioned earlier as it relates to social media, suggesting instead that temporal friction that we receive is what allows us to have subjectively discrete moments in time that pass us by. But my favorite writing on the topic uh, was by British scientist Arthur Eddington in his 1926 book, The Nature of the Physical World. In the book, he, he attempts to reconcile the then current understanding of the physics of time with one's subjective experience. And he also produces some of my favorite sketches, um, again, visualizing the shape of time as something that is flexible, traversable, and um, directional. He also has this quote on the matter, which I really love. So we have an intuitive experience of time, a potentially baffling one, uh, and it has a shape that many people have tried to denote. Um, but to me, this shape, um, or like how I'm imagining the shape, is quite reminiscent of a topology, a geometry that can be deformed and compressed while maintaining the connections within itself, kind of like the folds in a protein. The topology of time in the physical world has been written about many times before, but I guess what I mean here is more the internal topology that we have in our own consciousness. It's unique to each one of us and is also reshaped by those around us. Funnily enough, a similar concept also exists in the world of computing. Network topologies like this um, concerningly satanic layout connect systems together so that they can commune and have underpinned all digital communications for a while now. And I think this brings us nicely onto what time has and could look like for machines. If you're taking a very traditional view in computing, you might be presented with terms like memory allocations. These are the instructions by which software will persist the data that it needs to run. You also may hear the word epoch, 
the date from which a computer measures system time. The most common one is this, the Unix epoch. You could go into any web browser's developer console right now and type in date.now as a command, and you'll be rewarded with the number of milliseconds that have happened since the 1st of January, 1970. The vocabulary of time is also featured very explicitly in a lot of computing terms, like clock cycles, for example, the smallest unit of work that a CPU can perform. Or time complexity, the, a rough measure of how long it will take to run an algorithm. Among all of this terminology, a pattern emerges as it relates to time. Immutable, consistent, and divisible. Laid out plainly like this table of memory operations. It couldn't be further from how we experience things. But in the new world, things are changing very quickly. With the rise of machine learning, the precision of epochs and clock cycles is making way for probability and inference. Large language models, for example, are trained on nearly the sum total of human knowledge over a period of a number of months, and then frozen in time once they're deployed, when their responses are devoid of any predictability. We've even had to add some new terms to our lexicon to account for this state of being. The knowledge, the knowledge cutoff is a point in time after which a model has no training data. For ChatGPT, I think this is September 2021. Anything concerning time after this cutoff would be a judgment from the model based on probabilities, a guess. Retrieval is the process of classification and ranking that occurs in order for a machine learning model to recall data from its training set that it deems appropriate for the current query. Instead of being a simple instruction, Memory is now something that we have no certainties over. How much of a conversation that a machine learning model will hold on to is known as its context window. Memory and understanding that is permanently lost as a discussion progresses. And temperature is the likelihood that a model won't return the most likely next word. Determinism or creativity is now a configurable property of machines. And I think nothing has brought to life the potential impact of these new terms on a more social level than this paper that was released a few months ago, Generative Agents. In the study, a team of researchers from Stanford created a game world populated by multiple characters or agents that had their thoughts provided to them by ChatGPT. Each one had a distinct personality and set of relationships with other agents. The most, inter the most interesting thing that I found about the paper was how memories were programmed. The components of retrieval in these cases included recency and relevance, but they also included a factor known as importance, which was decided by the machine learning model. In keeping with AI's current capabilities, some of these memories were hallucinations, the model just making things up and inserting them into the agent's minds. This all resulted in what the, what the authors of the paper called the memory stream of an agent. For those interested in more detail, the code behind this study was open sourced uh, two or three weeks ago, um, and the components of memory are really interesting to dive into. But the reason I'm bringing it up here is that what's presented by these agents is a fallible and socialized series of memories, which sounds quite familiar. Perhaps between all these training sessions, knowledge cutoffs, and programmable memory streams, another time could be forming within the neural network a more sophisticated topology than the networks that they are built on, I'm fairly sure it would be quite different to ours. But ultimately, I don't think that spending too much time being concerned with how a machine might experience time is um, a good use of our time. It's a little pointless. Things change quickly, and I don't think it's right to be anthropomorphizing AI in, in such a way. And in fact, 
most large language models would be very quick to dissuade you of any such notion that they have a subjective experience of time. What I think is a more interesting area of thought, though, is how these emerging capabilities of AI might impact our own relationship with technology and our own relationship with time. So far, that relationship has been that of a person and a tool. Computers have been designed to be an extension of our own set of memories and our own processing capabilities. Now, at a high level, I don't think this is going to change. The main drivers of AI adoption are the same as they've been for computing in general. We're extracting time and memories from machines, just like we always have. But in an increasingly probabilistic world, we're facing a new possibility. Machine forgetting. Computers are going from an extension of ourselves to a distorted reflection. And I think we can consider time to be one dimension of this distortion. Misalignments with machines around time certainly aren't anything new. In fact, they're uncanny enough that they tend to capture our attention very well. Take the hysteria over Y2K, for example. Or this. And I think in the new world, we're, we're going from something that's hysterical to something that's a little bit more unsettling. Uh, I don't expect you to read it all. I'll give you my favorite quote in a second. But this is a chat between a user and Bing's AI chatbot. Uh, in the conversation, the chatbot gaslights the user about the current year. It's a conversation that ends with Bing, suggesting that the user end this conversation and start a new one with a better attitude. <laughs> As you can imagine, it was a highly memed story, and one that was referenced a lot in discussions around AI alignment. The responses to these two computational misunderstandings of time, Y2K and Bing, make me come back to this quote from Elia. Now, obviously, Y2K was a big deal, and a lot of uh, effort was taken to fix affected software, but I think it was an easy enough problem to trace in code. Bing's problem, on the other hand, I think was something a little bit more insidious. And as an example of how some of these terms from our lovely word cloud from earlier might manifest in confusing ways. Any computer, or any person indeed, should know the time. And I, I think that Bing did know it somewhere in its system. But in the interplay of these terms, machine forgetting happens. And I think that's something that we really need to start to learn to expect as society's relationship with machine learning models deepens. So we've seen that time is quite a messy topic for us. It's fluid, it's fallible, and really importantly, it's socialized. We rely on those around us to fill in our memories, to, uh, to fill in our timelines, to recall memories for us, and provide the friction through which we divide moments. They form an extended network of recall and timekeeping. We've also seen that things are changing quickly for machines. They're going from predictable tools for memory and thought to chaotic agents that are driven by factors which implicitly mean they can't be reliable members of that network. And signs point to an increasing dependency on AI. It's not a stretch that, to imagine that 10, 20, 30 years from now, we'll be spending as much time with AI agents as we will with each other, potentially agents that are trained on our ancestors. But with their vast data sets, narrow context windows, and fake memories, I don't think this dependency is coherent with how we're used to internalizing time. I think something is going to have to adapt. And I guess this brings me on to my closing thought, which is that the needs of capital are, again, causing us to reevaluate our relationship with time. Just like the Industrial Revolution forced us to live by the clock, 
the tech industry rushes to bring us the singularity, charting a path from our past to their future and potentially blurring the boundaries between the two. It leaves me considering the meaning of the word singularity in physics, which is a point of infinite gravity where time ceases to exist. Thank you.